Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Well, welcome, amen, to Father's Day 2021. That just, uh, 2021, doesn't that, Brother Tim, doesn't that seem like a space odyssey? Only you that were around in 2000, well, actually, 2001 Space Odyssey was a long time ago, but... Amen. I just didn't uh, think 2021 would get here this soon, but here we are. Here we are. And uh, a happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Amen. And uh, if your father is still living today, you are all the more blessed. Amen. Amen. And we do hope that you have an opportunity to spend time with your father today or at a minimum, at least you call and uh, let him know just how much you love and appreciate him. And uh, Brother Ali, if you have a grandfather who's 105 years old, make sure you call him too. And he can be COVID. Yeah, and he be COVID. Yeah. Praise God. Well, I was going to, I was going to preach uh, a message on the rapture of the church this morning, and I guess uh, I have decided to save that possibly next Sunday, because I just felt like it needed something appropriate for Father's Day, and I think I have something that will encourage not just the fathers, but uh, focusing on dads, but all of us here today. Because the rapture of the church is, what's a good word to use? It's impending. It is on the horizon. They are, there are some things going on that if it doesn't cause you to take a spiritual inventory, and look up, then hopefully, amen, oh, yes. uh, hopefully you will be uh, compelled to do that here today. All right, we're going to call your attention to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 2. We're going to read just verses 1 and 2. And Sister Janelle, could you kill those track lights for me, please? And... Uh, very good to see Sister Lulu with us here today. Good to have her here. Amen. All right. Amen. First Kings chapter number 2, verses 1 and 2. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying... Now, that word charged is a pretty... Uh, but I want to say it's, it's a powerful word. It's more than just advise. Okay, it's, it's a, uh, it is a statement. 
And if you have ever uh, been uh, ordained as a minister, then you, they take you to 2 Timothy, that fourth chapter, and you understand what it means when Paul says, when he uses that, I charge ye therefore. Amen. So, David says, uh, he said, Solomon, he says, I know the way of all the earth. Be thou strong therefore, and show thyself a man. And I don't think there's any more to that. So Janelle has got a call. That's it. Yes. Okay. And I would like to just take that scripture this morning and speak to you on this thought. Be strong and act like a man. <laughs> Amen. Be strong and act like a man. And if you would, if you would just lift your heart to the Lord here. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother McCune if he would please lead us in prayer. And fathers, let's listen. Amen. Uh, let's be attentive here this morning, if you would. Brother McCune, would you please pray? Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother McCune. Dads, how many remember the day that you became a father? All right. Got a couple anyway, huh? I remember. And it was a life changer. And believe it or not, started on a Sunday morning in church. And uh, Sister Kathleen, you're not going to believe it. She was playing the organ. And uh, Pastor Grant was teaching somewhere. And she, uh, she was getting really close to having our first child. A few months before that, we had traveled to Israel and and uh, Kathleen had never flown in an airplane before. What a uh, introduction to, to air travel, right? She was like, what, five months pregnant? Four months pregnant, no big deal. I didn't think it was a big deal, right? Get on the airplane, fly overseas. And she really did. She did, she did good. But, so Sister Kathleen, she was playing the organ. And... Uh, she started having contractions. And after the adult class, Sister Carol Smith, and I'm not sure who else, Sue Lenny. After the adult class, uh, these two dear sisters decided that they needed to take Kathleen out and walk around the church and help her out a little bit, you know? And they came back in and they said, 
I think it's time that you take your wife to the hospital. I said, what, in the middle of church? Are you kidding me? No, I didn't say that. And so off we went. And uh, I don't know, 12 hours? Something about, I guess, you know, motherhood, your first child, you remember those things right but I do remember that it was a long process and I was getting quite bored but just kidding but there was just something about looking into your firstborn and then holding it knowing that wow you had a part in procreating someone that was going to uh, somewhat resemble your characteristics anyway. And so here we have King David looking into son Solomon's eyes, a son he and Bathsheba had together. The son David named Solomon, but the name God gave him by the prophet Nathan was Jedediah, which means beloved of the Lord. Now, can you imagine being in hospital and having your firstborn, you decided to name and the prophet of God came, wait, 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 no, wait, 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 wait. God's got a better name for him. That was the case. That was the case. And David is trying to express to Solomon, the importance of wearing the crown as king over God's people. From what I have read, Solomon was around 20 years old at the time of David's passing. And I read a, as I was studying, I read a quote from an author by the name of Robert Fulgen, and listen to what he says here. He says, don't worry that children never listen to you. Worry that they are always watching you. So Solomon has had several years to watch his father live. How would you like to have been 20 years watching David in operation? Right? Yeah. Oh my. And so, David is speaking from a platform of experience. It has been said, experience is not the best teacher, but guided experience is. And from the Amplified Bible in Psalm 78, Verses 70 through 72, listen to this, talking about guided experience. God chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from tending the ewes and with nursing young, he brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. 
So David shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. That is why David could write the most famous song ever recorded in history. The Lord is my shepherd. He said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. David is writing from the experience that he had in his approximately 70 years of life of being shepherded by the Lord God, his chief shepherd. He said, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I wonder where that comes from. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. So David is coming to his son Solomon, the one that God chose to continue the flow of overseeing and shepherding his people. Solomon was the one. David, I know it's in you. You want to build a house for me, but I'm telling you that your son Solomon, he's the one that I am choosing to put the crown on after you leave. He will take up from where you are right now. It's been said that leadership is inspired influence. The ability to light a fire in people's hearts and minds that motivates them to do things they never thought possible. Oh, that's right. mm. Listen to the beginning of David's journey to the throne. 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2. David therefore departed as in running for his life from Saul and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his father's house heard it, they went down to him. And everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, Everyone that was discontented, they gathered themselves to him and he became captain over them and there were with him about 400 men. David is talking from the platform of experience on his... He's saying, Solomon, I'm telling you, God gave me the wisdom to develop people. God did it. Later on, this ragtag bunch of misfits would become an army of 600, which includes a list of David's top 30 mighty men. And of these, listen to some of them. The mighty three. Remember David saying, Solomon, 
He says, you need to be strong and you need to act like a man. Three of these mighty men of David. Why were they the three? Because the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, that David was holed up. He was in jeopardy, him and his men, because of the enemy forces all around them. And the Bible says that David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink from the waters of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. You know the story. Just being with David inspired these three men. These three men had been with David for a period of time. They were no more that ragtag bunch of misfits and discontents. They now were what David described as mighty men. These three, just because David longed for the waters of Bethlehem. We could stop there, couldn't we? And those three broke through the lines, the battle lines of the Philistines. They broke through the lines. They went to the well. They drew water out of that well. And they proceeded to fight their way back to David. And there they gave him a drink. And of course, David poured it out. He says, I can't. He says, this... This is so good, it needs to be offered to the Lord. Wow. Wow. Amen. Oh my. Solomon had heard the stories. He had heard about such men. And then of that ragtag bunch of misfits, there was one that was called Abushai. And he did nothing more than killed 300 men and the son of a giant. And then there was Benaniah who killed two Moabite heroes, an Egyptian giant and a lion. And then there was Adino. He, the Bible says he killed 800 men with his spirit one time. Figure that one out. You understand? David is coming. He is coming to his son. Not with just words of idleness and words with no power to him. David was coming from the platform of experience that how God had empowered him to become what the Bible calls a man after God's own heart. Fearless. He's saying, Solomon, if you're going to lead God's people, you have got to have Him on your side, guiding your every step of the way, because you're going to meet a few giants. You're going to meet a few lions. And you're going to have to allow God to contend with them. Second Samuel 5.4 tells us King David was 30 years old when he became king. 
He reigned for 40 years. And so we could conjecture here that probably David was about 70 years at the time of his passing. You see, David had killed his bear. He had killed his lion. He had killed his Goliath. He knew what it was like to lose his best friend, Jonathan. He knew what it was like to lose children, an infant son, and then the tragic story of his favorite son, Absalom. He knew what it was like. Good lesson today, Brother Ali. I like your teaching. David was coming not from just a platform of an inexperienced, you know, youth anymore. He was coming at his son with everything that he had experienced in life. And he said, Solomon, I'm telling you, buddy, in your day that God has raised you up, you need to be strong and you need to act like a man. He was coming. He knew what it was like to be discouraged through his experience at Ziklag where he encouraged himself in the Lord. He knew what it felt like to fail God miserably with his sin with Bathsheba. But he also knew how to repent and pray and ask God for forgiveness. And he wrote the word, Psalm 51, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. But there's a catch to it. He says, Lord, if you'll do this, if you'll restore me, Lord. He says, then will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. He was coming from a platform that he knew how to worship. Whether it was playing an instrument, 1 Samuel 16, 23, he said, I don't know how or what inspired him to become such a great musician in that heart. But listen, how, how powerful he was, was that Saul, when an evil spirit of God, because of his rejection, would come over Saul. Saul said, find me a worshiper. And they found David. 
1623, the Bible says, when an evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took his harp, he played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit left the room. You want to act like a man, dads? Then you need to you need to find out yeah, what yeah. it really means to yeah, worship yeah. God with that. You need to yeah. understand how powerful your worship is. Whoa. When you worship God, like David worshiped yeah. God, I want you to know the devil's got to leave the house. Says yes, yes, yes. so Solomon, you need to act like a man when you worship God. You don't be afraid of what people are going to say about you. Because I want you to know that there was a day when I worshipped God with everything that was within me. I danced before Him with all of my might. I took the crown off. I took the robe off. People made fun of me. But I told Him I will worship Him with everything that is within me. He rode and sang songs. He had a passion for God that was backed up by his actions. First Chronicles 22 and 5. And David said, Solomon, my son is young and tender. And the house that I that is in my vision, that God gave me the blueprints that the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceeding yeah. magnificent. You, you want to build something from God that, that is made out of straw from the pig pen? No, sir. David said, Solomon, when you do something for God, you need yeah, to build yeah. it to, so that it is so exceedingly magnificent. He says, it must be that way of fame and glory. Throughout all countries. You get it? He was building something not just for himself, he was building something that all the world was going to be drawn not to the house, but they were going to be drawn to the God that was inside of that house. But he said, I want you to know, Solomon, that it is going to be built so magnificent that the Queen of Sheba is going to travel around the globe just to see it. And David said, I will therefore now make preparations for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. You'll have to read and study on your own to see how much he put into it. You won't even fathom it. So listen to the words of this great man of God. So here, David's final words, his charge, if you will, to his son Solomon. 
He says, be strong and act like a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God. You understand that if if you are a child of God, you don't have just a charge that comes from the pulpit. You have a charge that came from heaven's throne, Brother Ollie, when He picked you out of a 7 billion population and He puts you on this planet called earth. And He says, now son, as David said, He said, I want you to know that I am going to convert the sinner. He says, Solomon, you need to keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in His ways, to keep His statutes, His commandments, His judgments, His testimonies. That as it is written in the law of Moses, why? That you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That the Lord may fulfill His word which He spoke concerning me saying, If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all of their heart, with all of their soul, He said, you shall not lack a man on the throne in Israel. What was David referring to? He was referring to the law of Moses, Deuteronomy 17, 14, and 20. Listen to this. This is Moses' words written, come from God. He said, when you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and possess it and dwell in it, and say... I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. One from among your brethren. You shall not set up a king over you of a foreigner. Listen carefully. But that king shall not multiply horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. It wasn't the horses that were the problem. It was looking to the world, Egypt, that God had brought them out of. He said, don't ever go that direction that I pulled you out of. You need to be strong. You need to act like a man. You don't let Egypt pull you back. You stay away from them. Neither shall he multiply, talking about the king, neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. Nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. Here's the good part. Also it shall be, when he the king sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write for himself 
a copy of this law in a book from the one of the Levites and the priest, and it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. In other words, the king was commanded to have his personal, are you ready dads? A personal copy of the book that you are to read all the days of your life. You want to be strong in a world that has no idea what strong men are? You need to read the book. You're not going to get... You're not going to... They, they're not going to teach you anymore. <laughs> not that they really ever did, but some, you know. No more are they going to teach you how to be strong Christian individuals. Whether male or female. You're not going to get it in school no more. No, it ain't right. happening. That's right. You need to get a personal copy. Yeah. And it needs to be attached to you. You know why? Not for just your soul's preservation. You got a son that is not just listening to you. He's watching you. Yes. That why? shall be with him. He shall read it all the days of life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and to be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes that his heart not be lifted above his brethren that he may not turn aside from the commandment from the right hand or the left that he may prolong his days in his kingdom he and his children in the midst of Israel. Thanks, Dad, for your advice. 1 Kings 3.3 And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Nice beginning. He... He offers God a thousand sacrifices. A thousand. When he only asked. And God gives him, we know, God gives him the dream. Gives him a blank check. He says, sign it. Whatever you want. Solomon, read the book. Don't go to Egypt. Don't multiply wives. Don't multiply gold and silver. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Solomon reigned for 40 years. 1 Kings 10 and 14, after the temple was built, that took seven years and 185,000 men to build. Seven years, 185, 
thousand men to build. First Kings ten fourteen, Solomon had delivered to his doorstep six hundred and sixty six talents of gold every year, twenty two tons of billion dollars. Solomon, read the book. 1 Kings 11.3, this is the one the men always get a chuckle out of. Solomon, don't multiply gold and silver, and you probably should keep the wife thing to one. Read the book. Second, First Kings 11.3. I know it's a misprint, but I'm going to read it anyway. 700 wives and 300 mistresses. Solomon. Read the book. First Kings ten twenty eight, Solomon had horses imported from Egypt. A chariot was imported from Egypt that cost six hundred shekels of silver, and a horse a hundred and fifty shekels. Chariots were imported at a cost of six hundred shekels of silver. First Kings eleven four, for it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. Solomon. Read the book. The three things that kings were really, really emphasized not to do. Don't take multiple wives. Don't multiply silver and gold. And do not import horses from Egypt. Incidentally, he had 4,000 stalls for his horses and chariots and 12,000 horses. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Was it his dad that penned those words? I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. But how does it go? But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Solomon, read the book. David says, Goliath, you come up me with a sword and a spear, I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And He is going to deliver you into my hand today. Solomon. Read the book. Solomon closes 
his life with these words from Ecclesiastes 12, 12 through 14. Now, you need to read the book of Ecclesiastes, the preacher. You need to read how he gave his life fully to pleasure, to wisdom, to what would make men click, fulfill. And here's what he says. He says, Solomon says, and further, my son, Rehoboam, we don't ever read where they had much of a conversation, but possibly these are the words that he expresses to all sons, but in particular, probably these were meant for his son Rehoboam. Maybe we don't know. Because things did not go well after Solomon went the way of all men. He says, here's his final words. Solomon says, and further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study is wearisome to the flesh. Now there's a bunch more, but I don't have time to read he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I'm coming to you from a lifetime. 20, he reigned for 40 years, so 60. He's coming to his son from a lifetime of experience. He's coming from a platform where he has entitled himself to absolutely relishing in a lifestyle that was counterproductive to him, his family, and the people of God. He says, my son, hear me. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Fear God. Keep His commandments. Amen. For this is man's yeah. all. He says, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. He said, My son... He says, listen to my words. He says, here is the final conclusion of my 40 years of trying to figure it all out. He says, my father David had it right all the time. That's why that the book of Acts could write these words. In chapter 13 and 22, the preacher in the book of Acts writes this. God speaking through him, he says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. 
That's the heart of God. Jesus said, not my will, Lord. The heart of God is to complete the charge that He has given this assembly and you as an individual. The last words of David are found in 2 Samuel 23, 1-5. And we're, we're closing. i got about six minutes. Got to read these. Listen to these words. Now, he, the, the words he repeated to his son were for his son's ears. Okay? This, these are David's final words. Can you put that up there, Brother Ryan? Listen to these words. Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David the son of Jesse. You know, one Lord said, Samuel, go to the house of Jesse because there is something going on in that man's family. And I am convinced that I'm going to show you the next king. I'm going to tap into this young man. I'm going to pour. I want you to pour the entire pot of anointing oil upon that lad and let him know that I have watched him grow. Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises. You get those words. Who, how do you even come up with such words, right? A morning without clouds. Oh, I'm telling you, last couple of days, I've had a river walk and there was no clouds in the sky. And there is nothing that I enjoy more. Like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, yet He has made with me an everlasting covenant. You understand? God made an everlasting covenant with David. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of Israel, literally came from this shepherd boy ancestry. Ordered in all things and secure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. Will He not make it increase? As you stand today. So the context of David's words to his son Solomon is this. That Solomon should conduct himself in his personal life 
and in his role as leader of God's people in accordance with God's Word, which would guarantee success in life. Solomon, you need to be strong and you need to act like a man. You need to get a personal copy. And you need to... Excuse me there, microphone. You need to attach that thing. And you need to read it. You need to read it every day. Why? Well, because someone is not just listening to you. Someone is watching you. Maybe it's the Sunday school kids that are watching you. They hear you, but they watch you. Oh, Jesus. Fathers? Yes. Are you ready to be stronger than you ever have before? Man, man, man. Are you ready? Are you ready Jesus. to meet? Are you ready to meet the world and challenge the world on God's terms? Or will we continue just to placate around and you know read a couple of books of you know of whatever, you know? There are so, that term leadership is so overused today, I can't even hardly stand it. Everybody writes books on leadership. You know how to become a great leader, read my book. Really, it's just McKenna, really. Come on, folks. We've had the book. Forever in the day. Yes. Here it is. Oh, and it's not just dads today, but it is our day. But mothers, mothers, are you being a godly example to your children? Do they model themselves after you? Dads, do they model themselves after you? Do they want to become just like you? Yes, Lord. Jesus. Oh, God. Amen. As they play and they sing, I would just open the altar today and I would love every dad in the place. If you're a dad or let me just say, if one day you hope to be a dad, okay? In other words, if you're a male species, all right? How about coming down? How about saying, Lord, I want to be strong according to your word, not according to man-made philosophies and traditions and 
the fame and the fortune. I don't I don't want to get so involved in making the silver and gold that, that I lose that I lose my power and my influence through what only God can bring and flow into my life. Would you come? Young men, surely I challenge you today. It would do you good, if nothing else, to come down and pray for your Father. You won't have your Father forever if the Lord tarries. One day you you will miss your Father. And you really should encourage Him. You should be praying for Him. You should be lifting Him up. You should be saying, God, help my dad because I know he, he works and he, 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 he tries to, to provide for everything that we need. And I know, Lord, that if, if He's not careful, He'll, he'll, give, he'll give so much of His attention to us that He might, he might, he, he might lose just a, a degree of His love and His passion for you. And we can't help that. Would you pray? Would you lift your heart? Thank you, Jesus. To the ladies, to the the girls, to those that are that are back that are here today. Would you would you pray for pray for your spouse, pray for your father, pray for your son? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Sing it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Find somebody and pray for them, would you? Amen. Lift one another up with prayer. Hallelujah. Come on, there you go. Pray for somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on.